What up, all you beautiful Misfits and Rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 245 of Misfits and Rejects. And today's episode is an update with me, your host, Chapin Cruder. And if you haven't already listened to 240, that was my last update. That can give you some context if you wanted to listen to that first, but that is not necessary. In this episode, I definitely go into a lot of stuff that could be helpful for you if you find yourself stuck in a life situation you're unhappy with, or just in any way, shape, or form, feeling a little stuck, feeling a little depressed this episode can help you because over the last few years, I found myself a little bit stuck as well. And in this episode, I kind of cite the things that I've been doing to get myself out of it. And specifically in the last three months have seen a big shift. So I hope you enjoy. And if you like this message, please share it with a friend. That really helps me grow my audience by individuals who like the message, sharing it with their friends and through word of mouth. More people give my podcast a listen and hopefully stick around because they like to hear the kind of conversations I have and the updates that I give. So thank you again for listening. If you haven't already checked out last week's episode with Charlie Walker, episode 244, definitely want to do that. He's a really cool adventurer. He rode his bike for four years from England to Singapore, Singapore to South Africa and South Africa back to England. Really cool story. Wrote a few books as well. Definitely want to check those out. The first one he wrote was about his first portion of his journey from England to Singapore. And that book is called Through Sand and Snow. I listened to it on Audible. You can read it if you want. You can find it on Amazon or Audible. And then his second book is called On Roads That Echo. I definitely recommend starting with the first book, Through Sand and Snow, because then you can understand his frame of mind, kind of why he started the journey, and then how it progressed into the next book, On Roads That Echo. And if you're a first-time listener, please just remember to hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this on. So with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with me. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, you are joined by me, your host, Chapin Cruder, for another update. Thank you for being here today, folks. I really appreciate you, all your love, all your support, the people who are reaching out to just let me know they like the podcast. I seem to be getting an influx of inquiries to come on the podcast recently, so I don't know if that's because of Dina Marie's episode or Charlie Walker, but thank you for just putting all that positivity out there and helping me get more content and more listeners. I wanted to do this update because three and a half months ago when I did my last update, I gave you some perspective on where I was at, how I was feeling, and how I keep kind of finding myself in this similar cycle that's played out for many, many years. And I wanted to jump on the mic today just to give you an update to say like, hey, things are shifting, things are changing. And I'm proud of that. It feels really good. So if you haven't listened to episode 240 yet, you can probably start there to get a better perspective and context to what I'm about to say. But if not, this will probably add some value, hopefully to your life as well and give you some perspective on maybe where you're at. But in last episode, I let everybody know that I had just acquired a new job at a cookie bakery. Baking is a passion of mine. It's something that I do for fun. But I came to a point at my other job where I'm just like, I need to mix this up. I need to try to find something new that I'm more interested in doing to at least bring me some sort of satisfaction and fulfillment at work. 
because I just don't really get that from the work I do in the warehouse. Like I've said in the past, I love and appreciate all the people I work with. I'm so thankful to have the support of both of my bosses who let me come and go. I do not take that for granted. I know how lucky I am and I appreciate them, but I still find myself not connecting with the work enough to make it feel fulfilling. And that's something I know in myself I need on a daily. If I'm going to go do something, I need to feel connected to it and fulfilled by it. So three and a half months ago, I kind of came to my breaking point. I looked on Craigslist. I found a job at a bakery. Funny enough, the advertisement was in Spanish and they were advertising for a dishwasher. And that's how desperate I was. I was just happy to be in a kitchen washing dishes just to mix up my day. I had planned on keeping the warehouse job because they they are so kind to me and I wouldn't want to leave them hanging. Uh, but I wanted to also mix it up and break up my day. So the goal was to get two jobs and hopefully feel a shift in my daily routine that made me more motivated just to go out and do what I had to do to pay bills and save up some money to continue to strive for that location independence and moving to Mexico. So there was a lot of resistance in me to get another job. And that's where I want to take this monologue because as you've probably heard, a lot of gurus have said that the best way to get through something that is uncomfortable or that you're unhappy with is to do the thing that you least want to do. So a quick, easy example is if you're in a relationship that you're unfulfilled by, usually the hardest thing to do is break up with that person. The thing you want to do least usually is break up with them because it's going to cause you more heartache, them heartache, and that's difficult for everybody, especially if there's no reason other than you just know it's not a good connection. They're a good person. You genuinely love them, but you just don't think this is going to go where you want it to go or you're not fulfilled by the state of the relationship as it is currently. And you intuitively know you need to break up with that person, but you stay for years. Well, I have had a lot of resistance for many years now to get another job. It has been on my radar. It has been in me. And I've talked about it countless times with my therapist. And we've both agreed that, yeah, it's probably time to mix it up and get a new job. And just that statement alone was horrifying to me. And I could emotionally feel the resistance to that. Every time we talked about it, every time we got off the phone and agreed, yeah, this is time. I should probably do that. I never made any effort to that because... I had too good of a situation as well with what I was doing in the warehouse. Even though I didn't like the work, I could come and go as I please. I could wake up one morning and feel like I didn't want to go to work. Obviously, I wouldn't get paid for that day, but I didn't care. I was still making enough to pay my bills with the work I was doing. And somehow I always convinced myself that that flexible schedule, that freedom would then allow me the time to continue to work on the things I was really passionate about, which is you know the online entrepreneurship side of things the self-discovery, the adventure travel side of things, I was always rationalizing and saying, you know what, keep the job. It's really helpful to have that free time to continue to focus on what I'm really trying to achieve. And that's true. But if you are a writer if and you've ever had writer's block or if you've ever felt stuck in a life situation, there's strategies that you can utilize to get yourself out of them. And like, for example, if a writer doesn't know how to finish a book, they put down the book and they just start a new project. And then one day the ending will pop into their head or whatever the strategy might be. So I intuitively knew I should probably get another job, but was tremendously resistant to it 
for years. Like these discussions I was having with my therapist started in 2018. And, you know, three and a half years later, I decided to start looking for a new job. So as you can see, there was tremendous amount of resistance and rationalizing why this wasn't what I really needed to do to get out of this funk and this cycle that I've perpetuated throughout my whole life. And so when the day came and I had my job interview, the whole way there, I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to take this job. I had done a little bit of research on the bakery. It seemed kind of like, okay, kind of like an environment I wouldn't like just based on appearances. And I was just coming up with every excuse why I would just be polite, take the interview, and then just politely say, like, I'm not interested. Because again, the way my mind works is the whole way there and leading up to that interview, I was telling myself that I'm moving backwards in life. I'm literally starting over again. I felt like I was 16 going to my first job interview where I worked at a smoothie place in Newport Beach that I absolutely hated. And I just kept coming up with all these horrible comparisons for what I was about to do and why it was the wrong thing and how it was admitting defeat and how I was going to get stuck and how now I'm really going to be trapped and how I'm not going to have the freedom anymore that I do currently have. I'm just going to get stuck and you know I'm working for minimum wage and now I'm, I have a boss and everything about it was just going to suck. And then I sat down with the owner of the bakery who was incredible. Just his energy and his enthusiasm and who he was as a person instantly captured my attention and I was attracted to that, wanting to be around that, wanting to learn from him. I could see his entrepreneurial skill sets and I instantly knew I was going to learn something. I could see his motivation and enthusiasm, which I really wanted to recapture within myself for something, for another goal that I could have that same motivation, enthusiasm to push towards because the things I had been working hard on and enthusiastic about have all fall, fall, have all fallen flat. And trying to rekindle that at this point is, I don't think, an option. So now I'm trying to figure out a way to come up with an idea that I can get enthusiastic and motivated about again. And so all these things were kind of swirling in me as I'm having this interview, thinking like, fuck, this is actually kind of cool. I kind of like his energy. And everyone in the bakery section seems really cool and very mellow and and intuitively, like knowing this is the right call, like this is what I should do, but still having that mental battle. And so I leave the interview after he said I basically had the job if I wanted it. I told him I would think about it. And again, four more days go by where I'm trying to talk myself out of taking the job, even though intuitively I know this is the right thing to do. Still trying to come up with every single excuse until finally Sunday came around, sent him an email, committed. And then, as I mentioned in last update, episode 240, I had been there a week. And after the first day, I instantly felt like I had done something of value when I left work. You know, just the mixing of the dough, the shaping of the cookies, like I was connected to the people who were consuming them. I could see that they were enjoying them. And granted, none of these are my recipes. I don't feel in any way like I'm exercising that creative muscle in my brain, but I was just more connected to the work that I was doing. And I was seeing the result and that was fulfilling to me. So I knew the first day that I was on the right track. But as many things, nothing changes overnight most of the time. So you know, a few weeks go by and I can start to sense the routine and I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's that routine you knew was coming. You know, it takes two and a half hours to do one batch of cookies. It takes 
another two and a half hours to do the pudding. And, you know, I do only a four and a half, five hour shift. And so that's my shift. And just having that knowledge alone, my mind's going, yeah, this is going to get repetitive really quick. So maybe you'll just stay for like a few months and then quit. It'll be a nice change of scenery. And that lasted for a few months, I'd say. And then over the last month, I've really started to see a shift in that. Funnily enough, like I'm working exponentially more just because now that I have two jobs, I have half the day in the warehouse and then I leave, come home, shower, change, go straight to the bakery. And so I'm doing 10 to 12 hour days and it's crazy how enjoyable it is. It's the weirdest thing to say to me, but one I've really realized how important it is for me to have a variety of things to do. Just the monotony of doing the same thing for eight hours is difficult for me. So I love that. Breaking up my days has been a godsend. And then the funny thing about the bakery is that the work itself, yes, it's repetitive, but I connect with it. So that's kind of maintained a similar place in my mind where it's like, yeah, this is repetitive, but it's cool. Like I don't mind it. And I feel connected to the work. But what's interesting about this story to me is that the byproduct of everything has led me to the most fulfilling aspect of the bakery job is at the end of every night, we have leftovers. And if I don't take them, they'll just go in the trash. And so what I've been doing is I've been taking them and distributing them to my neighbors. And then when my neighbors don't want them, I take them to... I've taken them to grocery stores before and asked if you know that they want to put them in the staff room. And everyone is super enthusiastic about receiving free cookies that are amazing. And that's been the number one thing that has become the most exciting, joyous part of my day is collecting all these cookies and giving it to somebody who's so enthusiastic to receive them and then getting the feedback from them because one of my neighbors takes them to the hospital she works in. So every night she drops them in a different section of the hospital break rooms, which is cool to see her sending pictures back like, oh, this is the surgery team and enjoying the cookies, or this is the radiology team enjoying the cookies and so on and so forth. And another neighbor takes them to his place of work where everyone's just so grateful and thankful to have these little treats to brighten up their day, which brighten up my day exponentially. And so over the course of the last three and a half months, like there's been a really cool shift in me, my attitude, my daily routine, my overall sense of hope, joy, enthusiasm for what's to come. Because I get a full day's work in, I go to bed, get great sleep, do it again, do it four to five days a week, really enjoy my weekends, and then I'm back at it, and I just feel like it's a really healthy, good routine that I'm slowly climbing out of that funk I was in and moving towards something that I'm excited for. I still don't have a clue what it is. I still plan on moving to Mexico in the new year. I have a few things that I know I'll be able to make money with, which is the freelance work that I was doing earlier this year. And I always have the ideas brewing and know I'm going to choose one to really focus in on and and give another go. I've already set a few goals to accomplish while I'm down in Mexico that I know I'll see through. Whether they actually make money or not, I don't know, but it's along the same lines of course creation that I did with the surf course, my first online entrepreneurial endeavor. 
So it'll be along the lines of course creation for a specific niche that I think might have some opportunity. We'll see. I'll keep you up to date on that. But I think as you can hear in my voice, there's a genuine energy and enthusiasm. I just got out of the water from surfing, which as you may have heard from past episodes, I've been kind of uninterested in surfing over the last few years. I've been kind of down on surf culture and there's a lot of reasons for that. I've talked about them in past episodes, but I think one that should be noted is when you're in a funk and you're in a you know darker, depressive state of mind, you're obviously going to notice the more negative side of things. And now where I'm sitting today, I can look back and see like, oh, well, because of your state of mind, you were only noticing the shitty sides of surf culture, which was demotivating you to want to go out and surf. And now with the newer frame of mind that I'm experiencing, I'm noticing those things a lot less, even though they're still there. And like surfing this morning, I got as early as possible just to avoid the crowds. I got a few waves that were fine and I was enjoying myself. And the, the second more people started to come out, I started getting a little anxious just because just seeing all the aggressive nature and the competitive nature of the sport is still kind of a turnoff to me, but I wasn't as affected by it as I have been in the last few years. And one thing I also know about me and the enjoyment of surfing is that I need to have equipment that I like. So I recently came across a surfboard that it felt really good when I picked it up. It's like a painter holding a paintbrush or like a construction worker holding a tool that works really well for them for the project that they're trying to accomplish. Surfboards are kind of the same thing. It's like an instrument that when you hold it, you know it's going to give you that correct sound or like hit that note perfectly. And when I picked this surfboard up, I felt that from it. The rail of it felt really good. The size of it was perfect. The thickness of it was amazing. It was going to be buoyant enough for me to paddle effortlessly and catch waves. And funnily enough, it was like a soft top style surfboard. So that means it's uh, not fiberglass. It's more of like uh, made out of a boogie board material. And if you're a non-surfer, this will probably mean nothing to you. But from a surfing perspective, it's not the most high-performance surfboard. Uh, It's gotten popularized over the last 10 years. And there's been a huge movement towards it just because it's playful. It's fun. We're not trying to do the high-performance thing is kind of how it's been marketed. And all the boards I've tried up until now always sucked. I never really enjoyed them until now. Like I found one in the most bizarre way. We happened to sell them out of the warehouse. And when I was loading the Sprinter one day to take another load to our our store, I happened to hold it. And I'd held the same size and the same brand multiple times. But for whatever reason, that day, something clicked. And I was like, oh my God, this thing could actually work. So I got one for myself. And the first session I had on it was super fun. It's not a high performance board, but it does what I need it to do. And it made me feel good to be on it. And I felt like I was able to paddle it easily and stand up easily. And it was just giving me everything I needed to kind of rekindle that interest in surfing that I had lost. And over the last three weeks, I've been surfing more and having the same experience and gradually feeling the old feelings I used to have when I would think about surfing and feeling the same things that I used to feel when I would go surfing and then having the same feeling when I would get done with surfing. This trifecta of feelings that would lead me to want to do it again. And 
that's an interesting thing that I've noticed about my motivation is it starts with this feeling and at times it can be this almost like good anxiety of excitement because I know there's a big swell coming and I want to try to get the best waves of the swell. And other times it's a motivation just to just go commune with nature and connect with the ocean, clear my head, get some exercise. And that's more of like a peaceful motivation internally. It's more of this drive just to go relax rather than that energy to go perform. And over the years, I'd kind of lost both. And now I can slowly feel it creeping in. It's like a, a faucet that's been turned up just a little bit. So there's like a slow leak that's happening in me. There's a slow leak of something that's filling my body with motivation to make the effort to get in the water more. And it's a great feeling. It truly is. I had lost it for a while. And if you've ever done something habitually for years and years and years, you do have these ups and downs of motivation to go do that thing you loved and your love for it does change over time. And you hear professional athletes talk about this all the time where it's trying to rekindle that love they once had for it. And I'm slowly feeling it coming back and it's beautiful. You know, will it last? I don't know. One reason I'm moving to Mexico is to try to rekindle that. And if it doesn't come back entirely, that's okay. If it comes back halfway, that's fine. That's great because that means I'll continue to be in the water, which is tremendously healthy for me physically and mentally. And like I said earlier, as my attitude starts to improve and my outlook on everything starts to become more colorful and less gray, I will start to notice the the beautiful side of the sport, which today was one of those days. You know, I got out of the water. An older gentleman came up to me. He's like, Did you get some good ones? And just his enthusiasm, his energy reminded me of being a kid, having that sort of excitement, having that enthusiasm, having the confidence to talk to the older guys about the waves that they were getting, about the waves that I was getting. Because being an introvert and a pretty shy kid, being in the ocean was the only time I felt really confident to strike up conversations with older people that I looked up to and felt like I was on equal an equal playing field with them. So to have that moment this morning with that older dude felt good. It reminded me of that and reminded me just how magical this sport is and how important it is for me to keep it in my life. And if I lose that love for it, we'll just work at trying to rekindle that love for it which is probably applicable to any kind of relationship you have with sports, activities, or people. You know, you fell in love with your partner for a reason, and there's going to be ups and downs throughout that relationship where that love you once had for them has changed, and it might have even turned into something that at a certain point you don't love them at all anymore. But what I'm starting to notice is that just in this love affair that I have with surfing is that I can work towards loving it again through an, through effort and through different strategies and different tools that there's people out there who can help you find the tools or give you the tools to rekindle that love for a partner or for a sport that you love. It's really interesting to me and I'm really feeling good today and have been feeling really good for the last three weeks and it just keeps building. And I've had many cycles of ups and downs over the years. But this feels like a bigger cycle is coming. Like if I continue to do this routine and continue to work on keeping more of a healthy frame of mind and a healthy physical form, there will be a domino effect of good things to come. 
And like Magenta LaRusso said from episode 43 and episode 135, if you ever find yourself in a depressive place, the best thing you can do is exercise, eat better, and volunteer. And what she said sticks with me. Every time I feel myself going down into a dark hole or feeling in a funk or even being just flat out depressed, that action is required. And you have to start taking one of those three steps first if you can't do all of them at once. And as you start to become more comfortable doing one of those things on a daily, then add another thing. And then once that's been incorporated into your daily routine, do another thing. And so the exercise thing has always been fairly easy for me. I wake up every day and I try to exercise in some way, shape, or form. But that didn't alone bring me out of this funk. It helped me, I think, not dive super deep into a depressive state of mind, but it also didn't necessarily bring me out of it. It kind of just leveled me off. So the exercise has been great. The eating better as well, like for a long time, because I was just had this, I don't give a fuck anymore attitude. In fact, to be totally transparent, when I came back from Thailand in 2019, I had really given it one more good chance with my online surf course and how I was marketing it. And I'd learned this really cool marketing trick through the Dynamite Circle at one of the seminars. And so I moved up to Chiang Mai and I spent you know three months or whatever I was there for just trying to implement it and let it get some traction that would then help me sell more of these courses. And then after that three months of really not seeing the result that I had hoped for, in fact, not even seeing any result, I think I sold only one of my packages through the whole three months I was there, maybe two. I remember flying back into San Francisco to visit John from episode 27. My partner in crime, the guy I've always traveled with, the guy I've lived with for tons of years all over the world. And on the flight, thinking to myself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to land and I'm just going to abuse myself in the sense that I'm just going to party as much as I want. I'm going to eat like shit. I don't care anymore for at least a week and just go big. And what happened was, is that sort of frame of mind didn't leave. And granted, I didn't just abuse myself for the last three years, but there has been that little like voice in my head at moments where I'm like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have that last drink or like, I probably shouldn't eat that. And my mind just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it because I don't give a fuck. And that wasn't a very healthy frame of mind to be in for sure. So going back to Magenta's three steps of exercise, eat better and volunteer. Step two has taken me a long time. And the last I'd say month, month and a half, like I've really cleaned up my act like a lot, like tons more vegetables in my diet, a lot more like healthy proteins, not eating hot dogs and hamburgers. Like I used to love hot dogs, hamburgers, Kraft mac and cheese, pizza. Oh God, I love all four of those things, but really making an effort to cut down those types of calories and start including more fruits, vegetables, lean meats, drinking tons of water, getting great night sleeps. Like coming home from work and having a cocktail or a beer at night keeps me up. Like I have to pee at like four in the morning. So I stopped doing that. And now I'm getting like great sleeps all the way through the night. That's been a game changer for me because I wake up, you know, at five thirty in the morning if refreshed and excited and now motivated to surf because while well, I'm up, I might as well go do something or go for a run. So just seeing that change is like huge for me because I've, I've never been a morning person. 
So to wake up without my alarm clock at 5.30 ready to do something is incredible. And then the last thing, the volunteer thing. Now, I'm not volunteering, but what I have found is, like I said, through taking all the cookies home at the end of the night and giving them out is kind of sort of been similar to what I would imagine you might get from volunteering at your local church or the local boys club or whatever volunteering means to you. I think I'm getting something similar from that giving aspect of what I'm doing. And so it's kind of that trifecta of what Magenta said, where it's like that will really start to take shape and change your whole perspective of your current life situation and move you more towards what you want, or at least give you a different perspective on what you have, which can be massive. Just having a different perspective on what you have, making you more grateful can shift everything. And I can say for me right now, as I've said in every single, I think, episode I've ever done about myself, my personal life, that I don't like living in Orange County in Southern California. Well, now I can still say that's true. However, I'm not focusing on all the negative things about this place. They're still there. I just don't focus on them habitually every single day. They don't just play out in these little like stories I tell myself all day, these little mental movies I make. They're there. It's just I don't pay them as much mind, and I'm more focused on how pumped I am just to get to hang with my niece and nephew and my sister, my dad, my aunts. The excitement has elevated on those things that I've always loved. It's now just like shining a lot brighter and taking the focus away from all the the dark areas that my mind loves to go to. So I hope in all that you find something, you connect with it, because being depressed and being in a in a funk is hard to get out of. And there's no easy way. It always has to start, I think, with one, acknowledging that you're in a funk or you're depressed, taking full responsibility for that. Picking one thing that you know you can commit to at least five days a week, whether it's just waking up and doing 10 jumping jacks or two jumping jacks, three sit-ups, 10 push-ups, walking around the block. That activity or exercise is huge. It will slowly help. Again, it's not going to change your life in 24 hours. But if you can commit to one month of that, at the end of that month, you're going to be proud of yourself that you stuck to your word and you walked around the block every single morning for one month, at least five days a week. There might be a hint of pride in that accomplishment. Your overall feeling throughout the day might improve a little bit. And then you can add something else. You can add eating a little bit healthier. Like if you're not a vegetable person, well, maybe get some green powder that you can add to your smoothie in the morning. Just getting you a little bit more nutrition that your body can then start functioning a little bit more optimally. And you can do this in any order. If you don't want to exercise, well, start with the nutrition or start with the volunteering. If you already have one of the things in your life, well, then just add another. There's a bunch of different ways to do this, but I really love what Magenta said. I think about it all the time. And those three things are key and they're going to be unique to you. So don't let somebody tell you like, oh, you should just go over here and volunteer there. You should just eat this. This is going to make you feel good. You really have to kind of feel it out for yourself and find what works best for you. Because if you don't like waking up early and you know you never will or want to, well, that's fine. Then do your thing at night if it's exercise or whatever. Find that optimal time of day for you to really start moving the needle in the direction that you want to go, that you want to feel better that you want to start seeing the world in a different place because it works. 
And you know, in the next update, I might be right back to where I was from last update, episode 240. I don't know, but I thought this was important to share with you because as you can hear my voice, I'm psyched. This is cool. And it's crazy for me to say that the fact that I have two jobs now is making it better. I would have never guessed that those words would have ever come out of my mouth, that I would work 10 to 12 hour days at two jobs. One I you know, don't like that much. The other one's great. And somehow that combination is making my daily routine exponentially better. So it all started with that thing that I knew I needed to do, but I desperately didn't want to do. And I resisted for three and a half years. Has now taken me to a state of mind that I think is a lot more fertile for beautiful things to grow out of. And just think about that statement. You know, if your mind is dark, dreary, unhealthy mindset, beautiful things can't grow out of that. Creative things can't come from that. A mindset that's bright, full of light, full of hope will allow those little seeds that are planted by your loved ones, your friends that come to you organically while you're taking a shower will have a more, will have a better opportunity to grow and flower into something beautiful because you've worked hard at shifting that state of mind. So thank you again for joining me. I think you all are so very beautiful. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please check out the Charlie Walker episode. I really enjoyed the conversation we had and connected with a lot of his experiences he had on the road. I mean, he went above and beyond anything I've ever attempted. The guy is super hardcore in how he dedicated himself to riding his bicycle for four years from England to Singapore, Singapore to South Africa, and South Africa back to England. Both of his books were really cool to listen to on Audible. He reads them. The first one is called Through Sand and Snow. Definitely start there. That's basically part one of his journey. And then part two of his journey is his second book called On Roads That Echo. So first one's basically from England to Singapore. Second one is basically Singapore, Africa, back home. And definitely worth the read. If you're a reader, get it on Amazon. If you're not, you just want to listen on your drive to work. You can really be right there with him as he takes you through the trials and tribulations of taking on such a huge goal and then achieving it. But I hope you're well. If you have any thoughts, feelings you want to share, by all means, reach out. Chapin at misfitsandrejects.com. Happy to jump on a Skype call, a Zoom call, and uh, just chat. Get to know you. Get to know your thoughts, feelings. It's always appreciated. And, and sharing Misfits and Rejects is the best way for me to spread the word. So if you don't mind, send this to a friend you think will get something out of this or enjoy the content. That would be a huge help to me. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in next week's episode. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that Maybe your whole life people were telling you it was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.